This is our fourth week in Galatians part four, and uh, the title today is Adopted, all right? Now, of course, there's so much in Galatians, and we, we're doing just five weeks on this, but there's so much more. But um, let's, let's think with me a, a, a little bit here. Sometimes, and maybe it's happened to some of you parents over here, you hear a parent say, we are pregnant. I go, yay, that's wonderful. It says, yeah, uh, we were not expecting it. It's an oopsie. Ever heard that? You know, you, you, you get married and you want a couple of kids and, and number one comes and number two comes, says, that's it, we're locking up now, no more. And then one day, oops, there's an extra one, another one, and another one. <laughs> Here's a point. <laughs> a parent in a natural birth, okay, when they come naturally from the couple, there, there can be oopsies. Not always they are planned. You want to tell them and come. Sometimes they are oopsies, but they go, oopsie. But you're never going to hear the parent of an adopted child say, oops, I adopted a child. Adopted children are never oopsies. Because to adopt a children, you've got to be intentional. You know, you've got to be focused. You've got to want this child. You've got to go through processes. You've got to go through pain and, and suffering and administration. It, it is a stressful thing. And then finally, you get your adopted child, woo, and you've got your child, and you celebrate, and you call your friends. And An adopted child is never an oopsie. It requires decision, intentionality, hard work, and emotional stress. And... If an adopted child is adopted into a healthy family, that child is loved as much as the natural children by the parents. That child has as much right to everything in that household as the natural children. Why am I saying this? Well, we like to sing here and we like to declare, I am a child of God, right? Or well, you could add, I am an adopted child of God. Because we are adopted. Did you know that? We are children of God by adoption. We were alienated from God. There was a separation between us and God. <laughs> but we were adopted. Galatians chapter 4, Paul uses a picture of a child who inherits a business. Imagine a child inherits a business. But while this child is a child, he's no different than any worker in that business. In the first century terms, that child is no different than a slave in the household. Although he's going to inherit everything at the given age that the father set for the child. Maybe 80, maybe 21, maybe 42, I don't know. Depends on the father. But until then, that child is treated like everybody else. He's got guardians, he's got mentors and so on guiding him, but he's, he's, an, he's a nobody in the house until he comes into his inheritance. And then all of a sudden, he's the road bus. He owns everything, and uh, he says, jump and he jump. Yes, sir, because he owns the thing. In Galatians chapter 4, 
verses 3 to 5. Listen to what Paul says. So also, when we were under age, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. And now you need to understand, Paul, you know, like I said, he's, he's using some very heavy terms in this book very often. He's using legal stuff. He's a, he was a Pharisee. He was a student of the law. He was an educated guy. And he's having a tremendous legal argument because these guys are being pulled to be slaves of the law again. So he says, when we are underage, we are in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. We'll get to that just now. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman. Jesus was born of a woman like the rest of us. Born under the law. You see, she was a Jewish lady. So she was into Judaism, and so therefore Jesus was born a Jew, he was born under the law. And he says, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Did you see that? That we might receive adoption to sonship. How did you become, become children of God? Through adoption. What Jesus did was get us free from all that legality, all those stuff that separated us from God to bring us to be free so that then he can bring us into adoption to be sons and daughters of God. And that is wonderful. Now notice in verse 3 he says, also when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. Paul is saying that the law is something material, mundane, earthly. And, I, and I've told you before that Martin Luther, he wrote a whole book, a whole commentary on Galatians. And around this verse, he says the following. It may, the law may restrain evil, but it does not deliver from sin. Just because there's a law doesn't mean you're free from sinning, Okay. The law does not justify, it does not bring a person to heaven. I do not obtain eternal life because I do not kill, commit adultery, steal, etc. Outward decency, listen, outward decency does not constitute Christianity. Unbelievers will obey these laws as well to avoid punishment or to enjoy the benefits of a good reputation. Okay? So see, just because you obey the law doesn't make you a Christian. Makes you a decent citizen. Okay? Which it should be. But then he says, at the appointed time, God sent his son, Jesus, into the world. He was born of a woman, like you say, like everyone else. He was born under the law. Now, the word redeem says, he says this, to redeem those under the law. He was born to redeem those under the law. The redeem, that is a, a legal term in slavery. It was a well-known term in the first century. It means that the slave would be set free if somebody paid the full price to the slave master, to the owner of the slave. You pay him the full price, then he lets the slave go. And the slave is free. All right? And that's what it means. He was set free by someone paying the full price. 
So Paul says that the law is the slave master. The law keeps us in slavery. Remember? In the Jewish law, there's like 613 laws. And you have to keep all of them. You break one, you're guilty. Full stop. I don't care if you keep 612 laws. You break one, the 613th, you are guilty. You have to be punished. So Jesus, he came to set us free from this burden of the law. Completely fulfilling what the law demands of us. And so Jesus sets us free from the law. Now, we are free. Ha, glory, I'm free. So now, where, where do I go to now that I am free? Well, the gospel brings us into a home with a loving father. That's what Jesus did. He set us free and he says, now come, you've got a home now. You're not a slave anymore. You are now a son. You are a daughter. You've got a household. Come, come. And you don't come as a slave. You don't come as a servant. You don't come as an invited guest. You come as part of the family. You're a son. You're a daughter. Please enjoy. It's all yours. Everything that belongs to God belongs to you and me. And, and in this life, we don't get to see the full picture. That's why we need to study the Word of God and understand that this is a phase and there's more to come. Death is not the end of our existence. It's a change of address. Jesus said, I am going, but I'm coming back. And the Bible says when he comes back, those who believed in him are coming back with him to rule and to reign. You see, he has brought us into his family. He wants us to see his glory, to be with him. So when he took us from under the law, he took us into a home with a loving father. Look at Galatians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. He says, now, because you are his sons, his sons and daughters, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba. Father, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. So you inherit everything. What happens when you inherit? You, you have access to everything. That's right. So not only you're a child, you're a, you come into this family and you belong to it. And what God has is, is yours. We are no longer slaves. You adopted sons and daughters. And we have access to all that belongs to God. Paul teaches the same thing when he writes to the Romans. In Romans chapter 8, verse 15, he says, The spirit you received does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. You see, we are children again. We are brought about in adoption to sonship, sons and daughters of God. And by him, by the Holy Spirit, we cry to God, Abba, Father. You see, we are adopted children. All right? Like I said, adopted children are not oopsies. They are desired. They are intentional. They are work for God from the beginning 
of creation. He knew man would sin. Man would be separated. But from there, he planned. There will be a plan in place. There will be a redemption plan because I want them to be my children. I want them to be with me. He chose you before the foundation of the world. He wants you to be his child. Adoption is intentional. Hallelujah. And I am adopted child of God because God wanted me. Can you believe it? Those who know me know that I can be so annoying sometimes. Don't laugh too loud, you know? And yet God wants me, but can you believe it? He wants me, brother. Huh? This annoying little Brazilian, he wants me in heaven. Hallelujah. And guess what? He wants you too. I know you guys can be annoying too. Yeah. We all have our little things. And yet God wants you. He wants you. He wants you. He wants you. He wants you. <laughs> In his heaven with him. And that's why he sent Jesus. To open up the way for us so that we can be adopted into. We cry, Abba, Father. Abba, Abba. If you go to Israel today, you'll see the little kids going, Abba, Abba, Abba. It means daddy. It's a term of endearment. It's not, oh God, thou omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. Far away, God. No, it is daddy. Close. It's the same word that Jesus used when he spoke to Father God. You know how close Jesus was to Father God? Well, that's how he wants us to be with Father God. That same closeness. It's the same word because our God is not a distant God. We do not need to follow a whole lot of rules to stay in his presence. We can approach him anytime, anywhere, without fear. Hallelujah. As an adopted child, listen, as an adopted child, you embrace the culture of your adopted father and his family, right? Okay? Now, of course, uh, kids that are adopted as a baby... I mean, that's no problem. They come in as a baby and they kind of grow up in that environment. But what happens if you are adopted a little later in life? You know, eight, nine years old, maybe as a teenager. And then you come into this new home and you've got the attitude, you know. You've got your own baggage. You, you know? And you come into a new home. What happens? When you come into a new home, you've got to get under that roof. If you're going to enjoy everything in that home, if you're going to enjoy everything that your adopted father is giving you, you better listen to your father. And you better submit to him. Uh huh. You see, that's what's happening. What was happening in Galatia? These guys they came from paganism. They came from Judaism. They came from all sorts of strange things, and they came into the freedom of Christianity. They put their faith in Jesus. They've been set free. They've been born again. They've got access to God the Father. <laughs> But some Jewish Christians felt it's not fair that these Gentiles, they just come to Jesus and they've got faith and that's it. We have been faithful Jews all these centuries, all these millennium. We've been following God. We've been circumcised out. We've been following laws and this and that. To, to try and, 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 you know, and following God. Now we get, now Jesus comes. Yeah, we understand. He's the Messiah. Great. But you've had to do all these laws. And these guys just come in 
and happily go along. No, 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 no. There's something wrong here. And so they started teaching that you've got to keep the laws. And by the way, those of you that are joining us maybe in the study, that's what Galatians is all about. And Galatians is a book where Paul is very frustrated. It's the first letter he's wrote, but it is his most angry, frustrated letter. All his other letters, you know, he, he praises the people and encourages them and, you know, he makes, not in this one. In this one, he's rude, he's, you know, he's angry because he's, he plants all these churches and then these Christian Jews come along and tell the people, no, man, Paul doesn't know what he's talking about, man. You've got to believe in Jesus, amen, but now you've got you've to be circumcised and you've got to do this and that and that and that and that. that. And, and they use circumcised so much because circumcision was the induction into the into Judaism, into the Jewish faith. And so the, behind the whole thing is not the circumcision, it's Judaism. That's what they were trying to do. They were trying to bring people back into Judaism. And the initiation is circumcision. But, and Paul is telling them, listen, you do that. You get circumcised, you get initiated into Judaism. Well, buddy, now you better keep all those 613 laws. You've just turned your back on Jesus. And that's what this whole epistle is about. And he's trying to get these guys to have a different mindset. Now, that's what the Galatians were doing. They were adopted into this new family. And they started off well. But now, they are starting to bring in other stuff into the household. And that's why Paul is teaching them. Having been set free and joined the family of God, now they're bringing back their baggage from the past. Listen to Galatians 4, 9, and, 9 to 11. But now, now Paul says, but now that you know God, or rather, are known by God, how is it that you're turning back to these weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? Again, you can have Paul's frustration. <laughs> Listen to what he says. He says, he says, by now that you know God, or, or rather, none by God. You see, he, he says something and then he kind of inverts the sentence. Like, now that you know God, listen, I'm not even sure if you know God anymore. I, you are known by God because God knows you. You're known by God. But I wonder if you still know God. That's what he's saying. I wonder if you still know God. Uh, how is it that you're turning back to the things you came out of? All the legalisms, all the rules, the circumcision, and all the, and he carries on about this. You see, God knows you way more than you know him. I don't care how long you've been a Christian and how much you know God, he still knows more about you than you know about him. But in this situation, Paul was even wondering if these guys still know God, because if they knew God, why are they turning their backs on the teachings of Jesus, on the gospel? Why are they going back to the law? Hmm. Verse 10, you are observing special days and months and seasons and years. You see this? So a few short time, they, they, Paul has found this church and they're free. They're worshiping God. They're moving on. These false teachers come and all of a sudden they are observing special days, months, seasons, years. They are going back to observing the, the special in, in the Jewish faith. They had to keep, for example, the Sabbath holy. 
There to keep new moons, Passover, Feast of Tabernacles, and so many other feasts. And so these false teachers are coming, and they're putting this on the people. Remember this congregation? Yeah, they had some members that were Jews, but they had Romans, they had Greeks, they had Gauls, a lot of Gauls, you know, Viking descendants. So it was a mainly Gentile congregation, very much like us here, and yet they are observing all these Jewish dates and laws and things. And Paul flips. He says, how? How? Why? You don't have to do that stuff. The gospel is Jesus. Believe in Jesus. He paid the price for your sin. He died for you. You put your faith in him, you are saved. You are born again. You don't have to do anything else to be saved, to get to heaven, to please God. And here comes these false teachers. No, 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 no. If you really want to please God, if you really want to be prop, 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 properly saved, then you've got to meet on the Sabbath. You know, Friday evening, let's have Shabbat together. And let's keep this. Guys, we don't have to keep anything. Yeah, but pastor, as Christians, we, we do. We keep Easter and we keep Christmas. Hey, and no, 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 no. We don't have to. We do it as an act of remembrance. We don't do it to be saved. We don't do it to please, you know, to, to, to make an impression on God. We use it as opportunities to celebrate certain events in the life of Jesus. We use it as an opportunity to proclaim the gospel to others. We use it as an opportunity to invite people to church and, and, and get, let them hear the gospel. Nowhere in the New Testament you say, Thou shalt keep Easter. Celebrate Christmas in December. It's not in the Bible. Everybody knows that Christmas is an, an adaptation of a pagan holiday. And so is Easter, by the way. So why do we do it? Because it's an opportunity. That's why. <laughs> okay. But you don't have to. All right? You don't have to. Salvation is in Jesus. Now, you see, now here comes the problem. <laughs> Some churches will say, because it comes from a pagan background, you will not, in this church, you will not celebrate Easter. You will not celebrate Christmas. You will not even celebrate birthdays and anniversaries because we mustn't keep days and months and years. What have I just done? I've just created a new law. And I've put you under guilt. And that is the problem with us. Like I told you, Galatians was written for Galatia, but the principles apply to you and me today. Because for the last 2,000 years, the church has consistently gone back and forth. Get under the law, get under the law, get under the law, go, go into the flesh. We're consistently messing up. And that's all we need to talk about this. We need to encourage one another. We need to, to, to get back to the word, preach, understand it. So that we can stay in the track. You are observing special days and months and seasons. And so Paul says in verse 11, I fear for you. 
I fear for you. Here's verse 11. I fear for you that somehow, look at this, that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. Now, you know, when Paul went to Galatia, he suffered. I mean, he was stoned. He was chased. To preach the gospel in Galatia, it, it, it left scars on him, okay? And later in Galatians, he mentions that. He says, you guys think you've got scars because of circumcision. Come and look at the scars on my body, man. These are real scars that I got for you, for preaching the gospel because of you guys. And because I love the Lord. You want, you want scars? Come and check my scars, man. <laughs> but after all he's done, these guys start going back into keeping all these laws. And he says, my goodness, I fear that I've wasted my efforts for you. And I wonder how many missionaries and how many pastors over the last 2,000 years haven't felt that way. They go to different nations. They go and take the gospel over there. They, they, they penetrate, you know, new areas. And people that have never about Jesus, they, they bring the gospel and people begin to follow the Lord and so on. And then here comes someone and starts destroying everything. So, no, maybe maybe it's, a, it's a family member. Maybe it's some tribal thing. Maybe it's some leader. Uh, and they say, no, 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 you can't, you can't, you can't. You, you've, you've, got to, you've got to do what, we, what we told you. You've got to, you've got to keep your tradition. You've got to, and, 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 and people start going back, leaving the gospel and going back to the things they came out of. Christianity has been twisted over the years. I mean, that's why the Reformation took place, because Martin Luther realized at his time, the church, which was then the Roman church, now was governing Europe, was so out of sync with the Bible that he wanted to have a discussion about all these problems. Instead, there was a revolution, and the Reformation took place. But still today, churches are still pulling under the law, creating rules and, and, and regulations. And if you want to please God, if you want to be saved, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Da, 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 da. Putting rules and laws on people, just like the Pharisees were doing in the days of Jesus and in the first century. Paul was truly disappointed. It's so, he was amazed that so quickly they had turned away from believing the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus to turn to these false teachers. Hmm. Paul fears that he has wasted his effort on them. Now, how many turn away from a worldly life? Eh? You don't know about Jesus, you don't know about church, and, and many turn away from a worldly life. Maybe from, from substance abuse, maybe from occultic practices. And they find freedom in Jesus. Yeah, it's great. But then... Some disappointment, maybe a disappointment in church, or maybe a disappointment in, in life. Maybe some trauma happens. Or maybe some old influential friend comes along. Or maybe some pressure from the family takes place. And it drives them away from the church, away from Jesus, away from the gospel, back into all the old ways. We have to be so alert, people. We have to be so alert. I want to remind you again of the diagram and photo I showed you last week. Can I have the diagram of Galatians again, please? Let's put it up. Okay, there it is. I hope you remember from last week. If you're new to this, this is the book of Galatians in, in one diagram. We have been called to liberty. Right there on top of the little, let's call it a little hill. We have been called to liberty, to freedom in Christ. You see, Jesus died to set us free from the law, the law is here, on this side here, okay? 
If you look at the picture on your left hand side, law, legalism. Because you cannot keep the law, you are under the wrath of God. <laughs> and that's a problem. You don't want to be under the wrath of God. And because we can't keep law, you are a prisoner of the law. You're under the wrath of God. And nobody could get out of that. And that's why they're always looking forward. The Messiah is going to come. He's going to set us free. That's why in the Jewish system, because nobody could keep laws, they had the whole sacrificial system. Because you kept on breaking the law every year. You had to go, you had to sacrifice a lamb, and, and, and God would kind of cover your sins for one more year. And they kept on hoping the Messiah is going to come. The Messiah is going to come. And when he comes, it's going to be done away with. Well, Messiah came. His name is Jesus. He died. And so he took us away from the law so that we can be free in the spirit. We can walk in relationship with God. We are sons and daughters adopted into the family of God. The spirit of God is in us and he leads us, he guides us, and we can live in freedom. But then there's another, another danger, and that's this idea, flesh. The people that did not know the law, they just live far away from God. And they follow everything that their body wants to do. There's prostitution, there is uh, immorality, all sorts of stuff. And, it, and this is like a, a mire, quicksand. It, this is a, a, a swamp over here, living in the flesh. And we'll deal with more of that next week. But this is also under, the, under God's wrath because you are just breaking all God's commandments when you live in the flesh. You're doing whatever you want. And that's not a good place to be in. This is where, where you want to be. That's where God wants you to be. And Galatians, the church in Galatia, they did this. They came there. And them, as well as us, we have a tendency. When we are on top there, we have a tendency to slip to one side or to the other. We, we, go, we tend to go back into legalisms again. Uh, okay, I've been saved, but uh, maybe I'm not good enough, eh? I need to do something more for God. I've, I've got to, oh man, I've got to fast. I've got to fast and pray. Man, I'm going to beat my body up. I'm going to, yes, I need to fast. Oh, that can please God. Oh, I'm, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to, to, to give more to God. I'm going to give more time. And, da, 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 da. and you start doing this because you're not good enough. Now listen, nothing wrong with praying. Nothing wrong with coming to church. Tithing, fasting, all that kind of stuff. But the minute you do it, because you don't feel you're good enough, it's wrong. Because then you're saying, Jesus, your sacrifice for me wasn't good enough. Jesus knows that you are not good enough. That's why he came. If you and I were good enough, why on earth would he sacrifice himself? Huh? But because we cannot save ourselves, we need a savior. So he came. And then, of course, some Christians say, I'm free. Hallelujah. I just got to believe. Great. So come on. Let's go on a drinking binge because it's okay. I'm forgiven already. Let's have a little bit of a sexual orgy over here because God will forgive me. He understands. He knows I need this. Hello. You see the danger? You slip on one side. Or the other. And the Galatians were slipping onto that side of it. Some of them anyway. Were slipping onto that side. Paul was concerned. That they were bringing their baggage into this. You see because whether you come from this side or from this side. You, you bring baggage on top there. 
And God wants us to drop that stuff, leave it. But sometimes we, we bring it with us, and then we want to start working with that baggage, and what happens? We slip one way or the other. Sometimes we have religious, religious baggage. And, and many of us with a religious background, we tend to slip away into, into legalism. And so we bring our religious baggage. And that in, may include a mindset of how a church service should be conducted, where and how it should be conducted. In the early days of the Hatfield Portuguese ministry, as, as, you, as you know, this church started over 30 years ago as a church for the Portuguese-speaking community. And we used to meet in a little, little shop down the road here. Then we moved to a, another bigger shop in, 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 in Arcadia. And there were people within the Portuguese community which would not come into our meetings because it did not look like a church. We didn't have a, a building with a tower. You know, a church has a steeple, right? If it hasn't got a steeple, it's not a church. And therefore, we're not going there. Because it must be a cult, right? If it hasn't got a steeple, it's a cult. And some people wouldn't, wouldn't go to church because of that. Why? See, religious mindset hindering you from following, following Jesus. Some people still have that mindset, by the way. They don't realize that uh, the church is not a building. Church is people. You don't go to church. You are the church. Just now when the service is over, well, I better, better close the service. When the service is over, the church leaves the building. And this is just the building. <laughs> and the church is all over the place. Amen? All right. Some people have a behavioral baggage. You bring your Careless behavior, your bad language, bad habits, and you reckon that Jesus loves me just like I am. Hallelujah. No, no, no. Listen, complete the sentence. Jesus, listen carefully. Jesus loves you just as you are, but he loves you too much to leave you just as you are. Amen? You might as well say amen. You can't just bring your old baggage and live the way you want. What about cultural, ba- oh, this, this I could do a sermon on this one. You see, every nation, every tribe, every ethnic group has good, healthy traditions and bad, unhealthy traditions. All of them have it. I don't care what nation you come from. Healthy and unhealthy as compared to the gospel, to the Bible, to the word of God, you see. And, and Jesus wants people from all nations to come to him and to worship him and to align their lives with his will. You see, you aren't there. Your father, you want to be aligned your life. I don't care where you come from. When you come to Jesus, that freedom in the spirit allows you to align your life with his will. Listen to the Holy Spirit. But sometimes we want to bring our traditions and we want to mix it into Christianity. It's called syncretism. And so people bring stuff from their baggage, from their past, from their traditions. All right? Things like what? Things like um, worshiping the saints, consulting our ancestors, consulting the dead, consulting tarot cards, getting involved in witchcraft, horoscope, horoscopes, spiritism, 
keeping days and feasts, avoiding certain foods for religious reasons, not allowing to marry for religious reasons, religious coming-of-age rituals that involve unbiblical practices and anything that is not led by the Holy Ghost. We, we, can, we can talk a lot about that. And we, we, we come and start doing this, and, and we say, hey, why are you doing this? Oh, oh, it's tradition. Whose tradition? Oh, I, in, in my na- nation, in my country, in my tribe, we do this. But it goes against the word of God. Oh, but it's tradition. And then, of course, to add to it, we've got this whole thing now where many, there are laws being put into place which are going to stop, in some countries, it's happening already, stopping missionaries from changing people's beliefs. You can't, in some places, you can't do it. So I can't go into a, into the Amazon or I can't even come here and, 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 and talk to somebody of another faith. I can share with him, I can talk to him about my faith, but I cannot tell him that he's wrong. That is not pleasing God because then I am violating his identity. I'm violating his culture. Wait a minute. God created all the nations, all the cultures, all the tribes, and God created all of us to worship him. The fall of man brought him a lot of rubbish into our cultures. And it's time to cleanse our cultures. I am first a citizen of heaven. And then I'm a citizen of country A, B, or C. And that's the gospel. Now, you see, that, that makes things a little bit difficult sometimes. And people say, oh, it, it is hard to follow Jesus. Well, I'd like to remind you of that second picture, please. The photo of the, uh, the striding edge in, in, in Hell Valley in England. This is the Christian life. You see, this, that, that hill that you saw, it looks like this. It's not just a little copy like that. It, it goes on. It goes on. There's a way. And Christianity is, we walk along the, the, this, this edge over here. You walk along the edge. Jesus said, narrow is the way. <laughs> Can you see that ledge or that edge is narrow? For you to walk on top there, you, you run the danger of sliding this way or that way. This thing is pretty high. When you're walking on top there, it is beautiful. The views and so on, it's beautiful. Those of you who like climbing mountains, you know, it's so nice that you, you struggle to get the top and you get the top. Oh, it's so nice. And, and Christian life is this. It's walking along here, yeah, walking along this, this whole edge and going along. If you look carefully, there are some people. There are some people over here. There are about three people over here. There's another blue shirt on top there. And there are people. They, they, they walk this all the time. Jesus said, narrow is the way. He never said it's difficult. You heard this morning. What did you do this morning? My burden is light. My yoke is easy. The way is narrow. It's not impossible. The way is narrow. It's not difficult. It takes determination. You see, the difficult part is being determined to stay on that edge. That's a difficult part. It's your decision, your determination to stay over there. Okay? And so when we, we, when we walk along that, it, it is, it is, it is possible. All along here, there's a path, there are paths, you know, more than one person. We can walk together on top, yeah? You can't walk, you know, a lot of people next to each other, but you can walk behind each other and, 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 and there are ways all the way. Sometimes you gotta use, you know, hands and feet to climb over some rocks, but it can be done. Any reasonably healthy person can go there and do that. It's, 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 it's easy. What am I saying, guys? That the Christian life is not impossible. It's not impossible. You have to be intentional. Any reasonably, <laughs> any reasonable person can 
live the Christian life. It is not impossible. It can be done. And Paul is, is reminding the Galatians of that. Our human tendency is to slide one way or the other. But you don't have to. You need to be aware of these things. And so, Paul reminds the Galatians of who they are. And as we read this letter, you and I are reminded of who we are. You are an adopted child of God. You are free. You've inherited what is God's. Heaven awaits for you when this life is over. But in this life, God wants to walk with you. He wants to guide you and lead you. He wants to keep you on that, on that edge, you know, moving along, enjoying the beautiful view, not falling into, into fleshliness, not falling into legalism, but enjoying life with God. And my question is, are you living your daily life like that is true? Are you living your late daily life like you are a child of God? Or are you still struggling under guilt, under I'm not good enough, or I wonder if God loves me, or is there even a God? We need to put this right, guys, because God loves us. He wants us to enjoy fellowship with Him every day. Are you enjoying fellowship with Him every day? Are you asking for His guidance every day? Are you listening to His voice every day? Oh, pastor, but I've got to work. I've got work to do. I can't, I can't be praying. I'm not talking about praying. I'm talking about listening. I can listen to God and talk to God while I'm driving, while I'm working, while I'm gardening, while I'm doing things. It's a relationship, a fellowship with God that all of us can have. And I hope that you will pursue this life as well, that you are getting something out of the study of Galatians and that it will enrich your life. Every single day. Amen? Next week, you're going to bring this study to a close. As I say, there's so much more one could say. But next week, we're going to bring this study to a close. Let us stand up and close with prayer today. And please, as we, as we leave here, as you go into this week, allow the reality of God as a Father to come upon you. He is your Heavenly Father. He's close to you. He loves you. He chose you. He worked hard to make you his adopted son and daughter. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much that you loved us so much that you did everything that was required and needed, Lord, to be able to adopt us into your family. Thank you, Lord, that we can be a family. That's why we say church is family. We are your family, Father. Thank you that we can call you daddy, that you are close to us. You're not distant. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that this message will just touch the hearts of everyone, everyone here, Lord, everyone uh, online, everyone listening to this recording. Lord, let every heart become convicted of this, that you are our loving Father, that you have set us free from the bondage of legalities and fleshliness, just to follow you in freedom, in relationship, to listen to your voice, oh God. Help us then, Lord, to continue to follow you and enjoy you and being part of your family. In Jesus' name. So now may the love of God the Father, God our Daddy, and may the, ah, hallelujah, the presence of the Holy Spirit, that fellowship of the Holy Spirit, Praise the Lord. 
and, and, the, and the love of Jesus Christ in your, in your life. Just embrace you. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Embrace you so much that you can walk along that ledge with joy. Not falling to one side or to the other, but enjoying his presence every day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed. Have a wonderful day. And catch you next week for our final episode on Galatians. Thank you very much. God bless you.